Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Game Loop. I'm Joe. And I'm Dan. This is a podcast about making games by friends who sometimes finish what they set out to do. We chat about programming, game design, and we break down the games that we're playing and building. How are you, Dan? I'm good, Joe. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Uh, what have you been up to this past week? Uh, well, I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire, and I've been doing a little bit of programming, but mostly just avoiding work in general. <laughs> Sounds good. I have been working on a game in between long bouts of playing EVE Online, which I am very addicted to at this point. It's, it's, it's going to become a problem. <laughs> But it's go- going to become a problem. Or- <laughs> it, it, it is. It is already a problem. When I go to sleep at night, I think about it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's what you know. The you know when you play a game for so long, and like when you when you move around, you feel like your movements are like in-game <laughs> movements. That's that's pretty much how it feels. <laughs> that that can be a good thing, depending on what the focus is. I I know that when I get really into a game development project. There can be times where I wake up in the morning and I realise that in the night I've figured out all of the technical hurdles. I, <laughs> like, either subconsciously or just as I was falling asleep and the easiest thing to do is just pick up a laptop, bang out the code and carry on. Oh yeah, that definitely happens to me. Like yesterday I was having a problem before I started playing EVE <laughs> when uh, the, yeah, I was trying to, I'm, I'm making a multiplayer space game funnily enough and yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do some certain bits of it with WebSockets, and it wouldn't connect but it turns out that i'm just trying to run the server on windows and there was some <laughs> subtle problem with running it on windows and i tried it on like my mac today and it worked perfectly fine but yeah sleep is a good thing sleep so, is an excellent thing i don't know why i didn't sleep, think man. of that yesterday because i broke out wireshark and everything it was crazy oh. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah it's when you get net cut out and you have wireshark running and yeah, we did that once for about two hours at work before realizing we just had a port number typed one digit out of place. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was yeah. a bad day. It was a bad day for yeah. two people who consider themselves <laughs> good programmers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So why are we here right now in your ears or your speakers <laughs> um, talking about Eve Online and Wireshark. That's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and lost yeah, the train I, of thought. We we definitely don't have a fully flushed out answer to this, but yeah. I guess I guess the reason is that we've been chatting recently about making a podcast, um, and we've been chatting for a very long time, all the time we've known each other about making games. So we figured why not chat on a podcast about making games? Even though we're totally not qualified to chat about oh, yeah. making games. Yeah. So, so disclaimers for everyone that doesn't know us. We both make a lot of games. None of them have had any commercial success, and the vast majority of them didn't even get finished. So hopefully that's handy for other people who can relate to that position. Uh, yep. But- I feel like I feel like there are a lot of people in that position. Also, I feel like this podcast is going to help me uh, help give me some uh, energy to continue working on my projects. So, <laughs> I've heard that it's helpful having a productivity buddy. So maybe if the internet is my productivity buddy, it's like the ultimate 
No, shot to the heart. Yeah. I thought you meant me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad, I'm so sorry. Well, you can be my productivity buddy. But <laughs> I'd be happy to be your productivity buddy, Dad. Oh, on, boy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's make a podcast. Let's do it. So, I guess this podcast is going to be half about making games half about playing games half about whatever else is going on in our respective worlds uh anything else we want to throw in that mix i think i think we could throw a bit of uh technical jargon in there too we'll uh yep we'll talk, we'll talk about the process of making games and the process of designing games if anyone's interested in that and um, yeah, generally not be too serious about any of it because hey, we're not making money out of yeah. it. <laughs> so, and hopefully yeah. we might release a few games on the way. Who knows? Um, and if your plan is to become a commercial game developer, this is not the podcast <laughs> to listen to. Shut up. To help this you is, on your way to greatness. You don't want to tell them that. <laughs> of course this is the podcast for you. When is it not? This is, the, this is the podcast to listen to if you want to know how not to make games. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. If you, really, if, you, if you send me the file of this podcast and it has that still in it, I'm just going to, I'm going to bleep that whole sentence out. I'm going to put, well, like, maybe, maybe that whole bit will be now left in for comedy value. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to put whale signs over the top of that. Don't listen to this. <laughs> Soothing music. Soothing Yeah, music behind this would be a good idea, actually. Maybe right now you're hearing some music behind this. And again, maybe you're not. Um, <laughs> well, I think that I think that covers all bases. <laughs> That's the uh, good old Schrodinger's track. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you how did you get into games? I, it is a really good question, and I have to absolutely rack my memory for this. Um, but I think I got into games through um, my school, actually my primary school. So we're talking age eight, I think. <laughs> Did they mean for um, that to happen? Um, who knows? This was the 1990s, and uh, actually, no, it would have been very early 2000s. And I don't think schools knew a lot about computers, let alone about computer games. <laughs> for, for whatever reason, my year five classroom had one of the early Macintosh computers and a copy of what I discovered today was, for a long time, the best-selling game in the world, uh -huh. Mist. Was it the best-selling game up in until the world? Up until The Sims came out in 2002, Myst was the best-selling game in the world. That's incredible. Um, isn't that mind-blowing? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah. And lunchtimes, um, I would turn on the clunky old Mac and play 40 minutes of Myst. Um, and Myst was, and still is, a point-and-click adventure in a very fleshed-out and interesting set of interconnected worlds where you travel between worlds with these books. There's an overarching storyline about a man and his two sons who have gone slightly 
nefarious ways. Um, And he's locked his two sons into these two separate worlds. Um, And essentially you as the player have to solve a whole load of puzzles that take you between the various worlds, collecting up the pages to restore the linking books to win the game. And (laughs) aged eight-year-old me definitely didn't even get close to finishing the game. But I figured out enough of the puzzles that I saw a few of the worlds and was just totally, totally captured by it. It was such an exciting thing to do, boot up Mist again and carry on. And I, I did it with one friend as well. Um, and having someone there as well just to work through all those puzzles was just a great experience. And I think that's the first time I ever really resonated with a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I played like Super Mario at friends' houses uh, before that. But yeah, missed at school was the formative experience. How about you? Uh, I think the first real formative experience I had with games was probably Pokemon Blue. I played, I, I played, I think, Pokemon Stadium at my friend's house across the road, and he also had a Game Boy. And then, like, a year later for Christmas or my birthday, I forgot, and I got a, a Game Boy Color with Pokemon Blue on it. And I just, I played that thing all the time. <laughs> and that was that was so that I think that that got me into games. That was like now I like playing games. And then it was, and then a couple of years later, I got a PlayStation. Um, and <laughs> we, I really liked. There was one game on that I really liked called uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. That was oh a, yeah, that was a, yep. <laughs> I had my hours that. in that one too. Oh man, you look back at that thing and it's just the, the, the facial animations. They try to get like a a good. Um, uh, what is what is it called? A likeness of like the actors in the game, but mm, in for the yeah. like really low poly three D models, and that's just it was just has a has a certain charm about it. <laughs> and then um, was that was that the game with the bean bonus room? The bean bonus. I'm not sure if I got far enough for that. It was the game where <laughs> you had you could always just go and play Quidditch if you wanted to. Yeah, I think there was a spell called Flipendo that would <laughs> send something flying. No, maybe. Oh, I can't. I can't remember. One of the Harry Potter games. What, definitely one of them. Flintendo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. After after that, I think we got an Xbox, like the first one, the first like Xbox at some point with Halo and Midtown Madness on it. And uh, yeah, Halo Combat Evolved. Oh, it's Midtown Madness. Midtown Madness was a game where you just drove a car through the empty streets of either Paris or London. I think it was, I think it, maybe, maybe just Paris. And yeah, that was, that was it. There was like people wandering around, but I think other than that, it was, it was just empty. You could this, might, run, this might be a bad question considering I never played it, but where's, where's the madness? <laughs> you just, towns. in your, in the way that you drive, you just, oh, right. you, you get, you get like a city, a kind of city car, like, like a, like a beetle and you just, you just yeah. drive it anywhere you like. And yeah, I, the ma- madness ensues. The ma- madness is on the player to create. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think the main game I quite liked was was Halo, and I think I used to play it with my brother. And after that, I just I remember thinking, "Oh, how do people make these things?" And then, yeah, it was. Uh, I think a couple of years after that, just sort of delving into programming a little bit, realizing that I didn't quite like it or appreciate it at that point, and then dropping it. And then coming back to it later, and eventually, eventually, it stuck at some point, and now I'm a software engineer. But 
um, yeah, definitely, definitely always had the intention of, uh, of making games. That was the, uh, since I played Halo, I think. But yeah, that was, that's, that's how I got into it. I think it was a long jump from getting into games and realizing that there were some games that I did really enjoy playing before I ever thought, oh, it would be fun to make these. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that would have been missed in what like um, uh, about year two thousand. Um, at age seven, eight, something, and then I didn't start programming. Um, until I think maybe I, so I started to play with Scratch when I was about 15, 16. <laughs> um, you told me before about this delve into the depths of Scratch. Don't worry. For all- <laughs> we won't go anywhere close to, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for, dear. for context, anyone listening, we tried to record this first episode last week and it ended up being completely derailed. <laughs> <laughs> by about a 10 minute diversion into into scratch and how not to use it so the, we're not going there again the tldr um, is you can do audio processing with scratch and dan knows how to but i guess we'll um, leave that for another podcast <laughs> or not hopefully yeah. <laughs> um yeah so I, I played a lot with scratch um when scratch was first released and i, I guess at the time like after school people would uh, stay in the library and play um, mini clip games. So Scratch, <laughs> all of a sudden, was a really cool gateway to being able to make simple mini clip esque games. Um, but I, I never really thought about Scratch as the programming. Um, I just did it because it was fun to make small games with. And then it wasn't until uh, yeah, I was sixteen. Um, that I started uh, programming at school um, in Visual Basic. Nice. Uh, that then realized, oh yeah, there's definitely the potential to make games with this thing. Started building games in the console Visual Basic and it just sort of spiraled from there. Every time I picked up a new programming language after that, one of the first things I would do with it would be to make small games Um to get a feel for it and now i too am a software engineer <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like the and i think that's i think that's quite a common pathway i like i feel like a lot of software developers whether they make games anymore or not they got into software development because they decided at age 16 they were going to make a massively multiplayer online role-playing game that was going to be better than (laughs) all of the alternatives because it had a procedurally generated world and an in-depth crafting system. And (laughs) yeah, I definitely think I definitely speak to a lot of people and that's how they got into it. Like a lot of people, Oh yeah, I just wanted to make games and that I'm surprised sometimes because I talk about making games with them now with them now. And and they're they're completely, not completely uninterested, but they're like, Oh, you know, and they don't really, they don't, they don't really seem that interested. But I definitely didn't lose. There's definitely a few people, like a lot of people, us included, that haven't lost that interest. Um, yeah, and there's a spark somewhere, isn't there? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like with sort of, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with imagination. Yeah. So many people as kids have a big imagination. Um, and at some point they just lose that sort of 
yeah, that that bright spot for thinking about crazy worlds or silly rules or <laughs> uh, and as, and I think as soon as you've lost that bit of imagination, then the idea of making games is kind of boring. It's just hard work, isn't it? I mean, it's just yeah. the most difficult, and I think it's just the most difficult thing you can do in programming because it cuts through so many, so many things. Yeah, you, you can yeah. if you want to do you want to if you want to make a game where you have a torch in two D and even just in two D you want to shine it on something because you're in a dungeon. Suddenly you have to figure out how like how to cast rays from the torch to different parts of the map and figure out whether the light's hitting stuff. Or like, you know, and that, uh, or if you wanted to, you want to have AI move around the dungeon towards you, and it's like, okay, how do I do, uh, how do I do Dijkstra? <laughs> so, yeah. All, yeah. These, all of these things just make it really hard. <laughs> so, that, that, is a, that is a great idea for a future episode, I think, of a, as a how to get into making games mm-hmm. as a full episode to explore. Because, yeah, when you are starting out and you say, how do I light my sprites? And then the first article says, oh, you should use deferred lighting. Uh, yeah. Then it's like, okay, so I'm going to have OpenGL render to a texture. And, oh, and then all of a sudden you're lost yeah. and you give yeah. up on whatever that project is. So it'd be really cool to just, yeah, do one episode where we spend a whole time exploring, mm. you know, how should you get into making games? That's a good idea. I think um, there's, a, there's a lack of that, though. There's a lack of material out there. Broad, totally. broadly talking about patterns like, yeah. not not like programming patterns but like uh, things th- technologies and algorithms and things that you need to know about in order to broadly start making this stuff and you kind of just yeah. over a number of years of searching for it just know kind of what to search for but if you yep. if we were to like totally. bring that that'd be really helpful if someone was to bring that into one place like yeah. how do you how do you do bit masking on the graphics card like, and like you know yourself, and not spend yeah. a whole day figuring out how to do it. Like, I don't know. I thought, I thought or even yeah. even just knowing that terminology helps when you're yeah when you're first sort of going out into the world and trying to make something. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's schedule it. <laughs> let's spend that. So, in. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a film it's, and it's like I can't remember. It was about a dog. Uh, it was a Disney movie about this girl and her dog and it is, it, her dad's a bit of an arsehole doesn't really have any time for her I mean he works in the movie business and then she and then she has an idea and tries to talk to her dad and her dad's like let's put a pin in it it's up there we'll talk, we'll talk about it anyway <laughs> back off pinned. my tangent <laughs> pinned um let's see how where are we gonna loop this back round to oh here's it here, okay so there's an interesting thing so of the early games of your formative games, yeah. do you still play any of them? Oh, do I they have like do they have sort of um spiritual ancestors that you still play? Oh, let's think. So Halo, I definitely still play. Master Chief Collection came out on yeah. PC recently. So. I have I have been playing Master Chief Collection on PC. I've been I've been enjoying that very much. Playing Halo Absolutely, absolutely horrified by the uh the par times for the levels in Combat Evolve. Oh, oh it's God. like, it should, this should take you 12 minutes. And I have been playing it with my brother. It's like, 
there we are 25 i mean we we are on a hard difficulty to be fair but yeah. we're like 25 minutes later <laughs> like i've got no ammo i've lost all of the original weapons oh, i'm no. using horrible covenant oh, guns dad you make me sad you didn't beat the hard time <laughs> i know <laughs> We beat. I was playing it with with one of my friends, and we beat the part time. And I was, <laughs> we were complaining about how easy it was. Oh, shame! <laughs> I'm so, I'm so shame. sorry. <laughs> what what different? Are you playing it's on def- legendary? Um, we are playing it on one down from whatever the list is. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> so you got to You got to get. We we got to play Halo together. Yeah. Right, and it, we'll figure out we'll, we'll figure out what it is, what's going wrong. Yeah, what's going um, on? I, I, I mean, a big part of it was just was um, repeated deaths. Because you know, <laughs> even if yeah, yeah, if you both die, then you got you didn't like reset properly, did you? It just took you back a tiny amount to a check. But yeah, yeah, way, yeah. I suck at Halo. That's the <laughs> I basically suck at first person shooters. It's really not my um, forty. You're more of a think and click guy. Yeah, a, a yeah. Well, there world. you go. That's that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the comparison spelled out so very neatly with Halo and Mist. But <laughs> um, but saying that, so like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Carry on. What were you gonna? What go you gonna on. Say? So you still play Halo these days? Yeah, but I'm not interested in making anything like Halo though. Yeah, oh, and that's a. I think it's a super important distinction in game dev as well. It's like what you enjoy playing is definitely not necessarily going to be a fully overlapping Venn diagram with what you enjoy making. That's true. Uh, or what you're good I at. Enjoy, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, I enjoy making roguelikes a lot more than I enjoy, like traditional roguelikes, a lot more than I enjoy playing them. Um, and... I enjoy playing first-person shooters more than I think I would enjoy making them, but oh, I've never gosh. actually tried. So. Can you imagine trying to sit down and write a first-person shooter from, from scratch? <laughs> can, can you imagine? You to get so how? So the bullet is infinitely fast. We're just going to have to do a ray, and then we just so you have to. We have to get rays and triangle. How many polygons does the player have? Can it just be a slid? Ah. Oh. <laughs> No, nope. I, I think that that sums up what it would be like if I sat down to make an FPS. It's like, can it just be a cylinder? That that can be applied as a question to every aspect. Can the player be a cylinder? Can the bullet be a cylinder? Can, can the map be a cylinder? <laughs> and then you get you get your, like your friend playing, and it's like, but I just shot you in the arm. And you just have to explain to him that no, you, the the hitbox is a cylinder because it was easier yeah. to make that way. It's like. That, I don't yeah, understand. That 2D sprite you see yeah. is is really hitboxed yeah. by a <laughs> cylinder. You, you, you shot you shot me like oh, you didn't shoot me in the head. You shot me to the side of me. It's like oh, it's still inside your hitbox because I was trying to I was trying to save one time. <laughs> well, the, oh. yeah, the playing and making. Um, oh yeah, so like the spiritual successor. I haven't played Mist in a few years that there's a, a reworked version of it for windows current versions uh, um really used to crash like or was that mm, the second so one? riven is a separate game further in the series oh, was, okay. it was also fantastic but yeah there was a, a real mist i think it was called um 
remaking slash remastering that was supposed to work on modern versions of Windows, but I found that it crashed 50% of the time when going through a certain doorway. Oh my god! just sort of made it, yeah. Was it, was that part of the puzzle? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the key word to some other part of the, like, playing Real Mist was the word crash. Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't open that door without it. That it was an interesting thing though. Actually, the spiritual successors. Is, so there were, there were other games that came after Mist, and one of them kind of related to programming for me, I suppose. That there was another game called Riven that was so much more expansive than Mist that the game came on four discs. Oh. And when you travelled between islands, that they there was only enough space on one disc to fit one of the islands in. So you got on this capsule sort of rail car that would transport you to another island and halfway there it would say please insert disc three <laughs> which uh i kind of want that to happen you got on a train you're going somewhere you sit down outside the window you all of a sudden realize it's just blue suddenly on the, on the, the sign on the roof of the train just says insert disc two yeah. the train stops you're stuck <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah Sorry, no, so that, that was a kind of interesting experience but I, I I have no idea I think I was just a curious kid and I used to dig around when I found stuff that was interesting and I dug around in the directories where Riven was installed and then discovered that the messages that were presented when you changed between islands and were prompted to be uh, to change discs were uh, written in plain text in config files and <laughs> got a ridiculous amount of amusement by just opening those up in a text editor. Uh, <laughs> it definitely would have been Notepad, I suppose, and changing what those messages said um, and then getting my younger brother to come on Riven and go to an island and then see that the message is different. And <laughs> I'm not going to call that programming, but there's definitely seeds of tinkering there that I'd never really thought about before but yeah got me into programming later so down modding, modding Riven got, mm. got you into programming later on it, m- modding is is very generous <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah I suppose part of the path yep <laughs> um, and yeah the company Cyan behind Mist released a new game called Abduction mm-hmm. two or three years ago. Oh, um, I think which I, I have played as well. Yeah. Um, and that was an kind of that's like um much more contemporary style game, but still set in a world with all of these interconnecting puzzles and um it just ran very slowly on the PC that I had at the time. Um so uh I have some yeah, slightly poor memories of just like low frame rate exploration, <laughs> um, but it was a good game and I will definitely revisit it at some point. I think they had really good support for virtual reality headsets. So what? Um, when was this? Was this was this after the abduction? Yeah, this oh. was this is only two or three years ago. Um, I want to say twenty six, twenty seventeen, probably. Abduction. Um, twenty sixteen. Um, oh, okay, but I don't know how much it costs these days. But abduction is um, is well worth a, a visit. Okay. Um, and the other game that's sort of in the same 
world that I have been meaning to play forever is The Witness. Oh boy, I was just about to bring that up. I um, love that game. I have not completed it, but it is so... Every time I come back to it, I solve another puzzle. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's a lovely experience. Yeah, well, I will, I will get on that at some point. At some point we should do a review of The Witness or, uh, yeah, look at the puzzles or something in an episode once we've both played it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then. Definitely. So let's round up by chatting about what we've been up to recently. So what about you? What have you been making so, slash playing slash thinking about? Oh, man. So those are three very different questions. Um, so what have I been playing? Pick, let's pick one. Yeah. So just... <laughs> well, I'll cover, I'll cover one very quickly and cover two together. I've been playing, I've been okay. playing a lot of EU Online. I'm fully addicted to that game. It's awesome. Uh, well, not, I'm not sure if it's awesome, but I'm addicted to it. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've been making a little space tycoon multiplayer game where you go around space buying asteroids and selling them. Um, so that's coming along. I'm trying Ooh. to make the multiplayer server for that at the moment. That's interesting. I've been thinking about <laughs> making something that's actually going to make me money. <laughs> Uh, I've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks now doing like the holy grail yeah <laughs> a multi it's not that exciting a multiplayer jigsaw puzzle game where you uh, yeah where you have like big picture and you can host a game with your friends and like put together a jigsaw together and I thought that'd be fun you could do it on like mobile or something um, but that's what I've been thinking about <laughs> making as opposed to making my actual thing. What about you, Dan? What have you been? What have you been? Sounds good. Sounds good. I look forward to playing your big jigsaw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do too. It'd be an interesting thing to program. Yeah. I, I would definitely, quite, sorry, carry on. Like, I'm just thinking like quite straightforward in terms of recognizing where a piece goes because mm. it's all pieces on one big grid and they yeah. all have a correct coordinate but it'd be quite in the some interesting work to do with how you slice up an image oh, i've been thinking about this a lot today for jigsawing so yeah, yeah. let's revisit it once yeah, yeah. once you're into the process yeah i will do. what have i been doing i have been playing a ton of slide aspire um it's just such a good game i think in this last few weeks slay the spire has replaced spelunky as my favorite indie game oh. of all time oh boy um there's oh, like i've never played something that felt so well designed <laughs> um and and just so much replayability value with the um like different combos of decks procedurally generated levels um different ascension levels to ramp up the difficulties you go and four different characters it's just it's just great i'll probably talk way more about slow the spire as <laughs> this podcast goes on we could do like a breakdown of the mechanics there there's a lot to talk about yeah totally there's so much um and, and I, on the surface still feels like a pretty simple game like you have cards you play them yeah. <laughs> you win the fight and you move up or you don't and you start again from scratch um but, uh, and other than that, uh, we've got like a couple of game possible game jams coming up in the next few weeks. We're going to try and do Ludum Dare, oh, Dare, and there some of the itch jams that I've been wondering about joining. So I've been uh, pulling together every shared utility that I am fed up of rewriting every time I start a new game <laughs> into a library that I can start to reuse. Um, 
And that's been fairly chilled programming for me this week. Nice. Nice. Because of uh, background work. Sunshine. Yep. Longboarding. We've been making uh we've been making tea from gorse flowers. Um what a go- and gorse flower. I never heard that before. Gorse. It's like a prickly green bush uh-huh. um that has little yellow flowers on it. Um I would never uh, make tea out of wildlife for fear of poisoning myself. <laughs> I kind of feel like... Yeah, I mean, don't worry, it wasn't a completely random exploration <laughs> to pick that flower off, eat that. I've I known they've been edible for a while. I've just never tried um, doing anything other than eating them when I'm out on walks. So we've been... Ghost tea and we've been making wild garlic and nettle soups. Ooh. Uh, so it's... The, the non-technical world has been a little bit more fun. Um, but, nice. yes, yeah, cool. Excellent. Cool. Well, let's wrap this up for now, uh, and uh, we'll do another one next week. See you in the next episode. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.